Hello and welcome to Community Topics number 27 of Dualist Community. I am starting to wonder if I've ever truly taken the perspective of Andrew or if I've only ever thought that I've taken that perspective and, and convinced myself for so long that I've been seeing reality through this limited perspective. And if I'm even seeing it from this perspective right now, or if it's the thought that I am that's keeping me from recognizing that I never have. I am being strategic. I think that is the point of today for me is that uh, over the years, I've spent so long wrestling with and coming to terms with the reality of unity, the reality that this is all me, that I've repeatedly come up with ideas for ways to try and spread the ripple or be the message or to create an environment that is encouraging for growth or anything along those lines. And I have repeatedly gotten caught on empathy at the end of the day. So when I was coaching in a one-on-one -on -one capacity, it was this weird spectrum. I started off wanting to offer coaching for free. And as you start to do that, you start to recognize that the people who are listening to your coaching for free aren't actually giving it any value because they're not trading anything for it. They're not investing anything in it. And so they're actually taking less out of it. And so you find yourself in this weird place where you're like, okay, I have to give people a symbolic way to invest their attention in this. So that way they will want to get more out of it as a result. And so you start to raise your prices. But then, of course, there's a point where you start looking at, say, the market average for life coaching. What do other life coaches charge and where can I fit in that? And that always felt weird to me because my only consideration is how much do I need? That's really it. So as much as I want to give everything away for free, I know I can't because we actually get less out of it as a result of not investing in it, which is a real kick in the teeth if you want to be altruistic and help. Uh, but on the other hand, you don't want to gouge people because then you're just benefiting yourself. But if you don't benefit yourself, you also can't help other people. This is the conversation that Andrew and I often have in terms of dualistic unity. We were working full-time jobs for 16 months or so, trying to keep dualistic unity going as often as we could, recording an episode once a week, doing a group once a week, doing as many clips as we could, getting back to people, monitoring Discord, doing the email campaigns, doing everything that we possibly could to keep Dualistic Unity going and growing and spreading out ripples while we worked a full-time job. And I'm not gonna lie, it was exhausting. It was exhausting because this means so much to us, but we have to survive in the world. And so the trade-off was, well, we don't have a large enough audience or, or high enough traffic to make enough money to perpetuate us and really put this out full time and get the ripple going. And the fact was, is that the effort to continue to sustain dualistic unity through all those extra hours was actually starting to diminish our own health. We were starting to get tired and it was hard to keep that momentum up because we were trying to juggle so much. And so the trade-off was this. We either take a risk, take a gamble, put everything we've got into dualistic unity, working off of our savings, trying to live off of the support of our family members and the people who love us as long as we could, and try to push dualistic unity to a point where it gets enough traffic and enough advertising money 
that we can sustain ourselves and start pushing out into resources that help the community, resources that help us engage more of the community in terms of, of employing them and getting them to help us, or, or even just investing in resources that turn over a profit for the community other than just dualistic unity. But that's, again, we had to push. And so here we are doing this full time, all the time. And it really is because of you that we're able to do that because that's the trade. Either we do this, we take the risk, we plunge, we try and get to that place where the corporate world and all its greed is basically sustaining this effort to take it down. Or we continue trying to make ripples as best we can in the limited way that we're able to while we try to survive. And then it just dwindles into nothing. And for me, I've done this so many times in my life. I recognize that there is a point where you have to ask for help. And that's what we're doing right now with Patreon. That's what we're doing in terms of people who buy our workshops, which we also try to lower the price as much as we can. We're asking for help. And it's because right now we're in the middle of a gamble. And it's a gamble from my perspective on myself, on awareness. People will often say like, energy is money, money is energy. That is relatively true in that money or resources flow the more attention you put into things. So we're putting as much attention into this as we can. We don't have a lot of money to put into it, so we're putting as much attention into it as we can. And we're asking that everybody else do the same. Put as much attention into it as, as you can. But if you have an extra five bucks a month and you can put it into Patreon, that helps. But understand that's just for now. Our prices on Patreon, our prices on the workshops, our prices on the retreats, all of that, they are all going to change and diminish over time as we are able to build this community and actually take advantage of this corporate world and their advertising dollars. We're just not there yet. And so I've went back and forth for years thinking, I don't want to take money out of people's pockets, but also recognizing that I myself have put money out of my pocket into things that I wanted to encourage and perpetuate. It was my, my way of trading attention as much as I could. And so I don't see a problem with it. I've went back and forth beating myself up for this. I don't see a problem with it. We give everything we can for free. If you can support us, fantastic. If you can't, we're still going to give you everything we've got. Absolutely. And on that level, I feel fine in asking for support. And I'm specifically saying this, addressing a letter that we received earlier today from somebody who was on our Patreon channel and had left because they had a moment of clarity where they realized we can all work together and then had a moment of disappointment when they recognized that Andrew and I are still charging money to have this conversation, but they forgot that we're not. What you're listening to right now isn't costing you a dime. Being in Discord isn't tossing you a dime. There's so much we're doing that is absolutely free. It's just that we can't continue to do all of that free stuff if we're not able to survive ourselves. And so I just want to say thank you to everybody who is supporting us. Thank you to everyone who may have the concern, like, are they just trying to be another spiritual emperor? Are they just trying to be another rich spiritual speaker or anything like that. If you have that concern, I appreciate it. I've had that concern for years, for years. But this, I truly feel, is the best that we can do with what we have right now. That's going to change. So thank you for your patience and your support. Well said. Very well said. I don't have a whole lot to add to that besides that we're doing everything we can here. Really, uh, 
you know, we threw caution to the wind on December 1st, 2022 said, we'll, we'll find out. This is going to be an experiment for a bit and, uh, kind of sink or swim. We're doing everything we can to, uh, to swim. And we very much appreciate anyone's support because this is the most important thing I can think to, uh, to spend my energy doing. And it is the most important thing I think you could talk about or discuss or do your best to embody in this reality is, is being reality and doing it from a place of faith of an organic growth, not a forced one, but a, uh, yeah, a bet as Ray said, a bet on myself as reality to, uh, continue to sustain this ripple. And so for anyone who does see that and does, uh, have the means to help us out for the, for the time being before we're able to, you know, take, take the money from the corporations and utilize that to the best, uh, to the best of our ability and use that to undermine that system. We cannot say how appreciative we are towards you because it's you that is maintaining this ripple for now will not need to be forever, but for now, um, it means the world to us. So thank you very much. And to add just one more thing, it really is important to recognize that all of reality is connected, that there is no division whatsoever. And so a part of greater fluidity of mind, of greater fluidity in terms of our community is also greater fluidity in terms of resources. True, right now we're trying to grow dualistic unity, but it's like trying to grow a fruit tree. We're putting all the resource in now, and then we're all going to benefit from the fruit that comes from it later. Right. So the energy is going to come back out, but it really is just about putting it in right now. And again, that energy is just attention. Doesn't matter if you're on Patreon or not. We just appreciate you being here as much as you can be. And to the person who wrote that letter, I appreciate your thoughts. I do know I've spent 20 years thinking about it myself. This really is the best I've come up with so far. <laughs> so thank you for your thoughts. And thanks for having the courage to at least write in and let me know what you were going through as a result of the trip that you had. So that all said, on to community topics number 27. And I'm excited about this one because, well, I'm excited about most of them, but this one specifically is about frequency, vibration, and the secondary topic is the third eye. So there's a big spectrum of insight and conversation that we're going to have here. Uh, I'm not actually gonna choose which direction we go in first on this episode. I'm gonna pass it to Andrew and see what resonated with him out of these two topics so <laughs> i was actually gonna gonna see when <laughs> how how deep you want to start with this i know a lot of times we kind of naturally progress into the depth but i don't know we've been for anyone who's been on the patreon calls this week like you know we have not been very shallow at all we've kind of <laughs> stayed pretty deep and so i guess to uh to start i don't know i think we're gonna go in and out of the vibration frequency talk and the third eye talk i don't think it's gonna be just a you know here and then here um but regarding vibration frequency you know we've all heard all the all the talks about how everything is vibrating 
at a certain frequency. You know, the the universe has a vibration of supposedly 432 hertz, Earth 7.83 hertz, and all those numbers and and whatnot. And so it makes me wonder, though, as much as we perceive different vibrations and uh, frequencies, if it's not just the perception of different iterations of those frequencies, but really there is only one frequency ever happening. And the more you zoom out, the more you recognize that everyone is singing to the same tune or singing to a tune, whether they recognize it or not. And so as much as there's a discussion of, Oh, you know, I'm on, I'm on this frequency. What frequency are you on? They're, they're all perceptions, just like the perception of division. And we're all kind of riding one frequency. And those who recognize that frequency have more tug influence on that frequency. And it makes me wonder, you know, that's kind of it is, is it makes me wonder how many frequencies there really are out there, or if that's just a, an aspect of the perception of division and, and there's really only ever one fluid frequency that we're all sort of riding. And it just depends on your perspective and that impacts the, the perception of, of the frequency that you're riding. Well, this is an interesting direction to go in. It's really interesting, right? Because it's kind of like the question of awareness, right? Is it, there are numerous different expressions of awareness, but it's all one awareness, right? But on the other hand, it's not because it doesn't actually exist in space and time. And so this is what I think is really interesting about the concept of frequency because frequency requires duality. Frequency is quite literally a wave over time with peaks and valleys, right? And a difference in duration between the peaks and valleys. And so it requires duality for frequency to even be a question, right? And so if it is all just a single tone, for example, or rather every tone that could possibly exist, and the experience of duality creates a difference between the tones, and then we see a frequency as a result of that. So if that's the case, and it is all one frequency or all one tone, which is all tones all together and spread out, experienced dualistically, then Basically, the universe is all frequencies mixed together. All the frequencies of the universe at, at, at the same time. But what we're talking about there is really just the addition of frequencies, right? Because you're talking about higher and higher frequencies. It's the same thing. It's still frequency. It's still the dips and valleys. It's just that it goes higher in terms of, of frequency itself, in terms of how many dips and valleys over how much period of time, right? How much is that compressed? How much energy is within that? That kind of thing. So yes, I would say it is all one frequency, but what we're really thinking about is how are they divided and how do they influence us? And so what I th think is really interesting, for example, uh, is the Schumann resonance, which you had mentioned being you know around eight, uh, eight hertz. And so that is like the heartbeat of the world. Schumann resonance isn't actually eight hertz. It actually fluctuates anywhere between, I think it's six or seven hertz and like 34 hertz. So it, there are different peaks and valleys within that 
based on a lot of different things, you know, including our relationship to the sun. The sun itself has its own resonance, has its own vibration, and it's constantly rippling out against all of the other planets, right? The sun's uh, frequency is around 340 trillion hertz. And so you can imagine just the mad vibrations coming off this planet and it's bouncing against our electromagnetic field. And that's, it's like hitting a drum, right? It, it's just vibrating the planet and that's adding to our Schumann resonance, right? Which is really, really interesting. But the solar system also has a frequency of its own, which is worth considering. So all of this said, what's the point? Where am I going with all of this? <laughs> Talking about brainwave frequencies which is really what this is all about because our brainwave frequencies are indicative of the mentality that we're accessing we know this like we understand that in uh delta wave freak or in delta frequency we're basically in deep sleep that in alpha frequency we are relaxed and reflective right in gamma frequency we have a heightened awareness for example now these are all different frequencies which you and i would express in hertz but that's just a way of expressing the wave. That's all we're trying to express. It's really not about the number or anything else. We're just trying to describe the differences between the vibrations, the differences between the waves. And we do so using Hertz. Okay. So if what we're really talking about isn't Hertz, we're talking about mentality, then my question is, where are all these different mentalities coming from? Because we're not separate, right? So what's interesting to me, for example, is that in the theta state or meditation or in the alpha state, which is that re relaxed reflection, which is what, something that we start to actually get used to physiologically in our teenage years. Well, those both exist around the Schumann resonance. Those states, which we are mostly in, are in fact always vibrating around the Schumann resonance the closest. And there has actually been studies showing that the Schumann resonance, as it fluctuates, affects the frequency that we are experiencing within our mind. So our base state just happens to be the frequency of the planet that we are, which is really interesting. So we're in that base state, we're super active, but then when we go to sleep, all of a sudden our state drops, right? And it drops to between 0.5 and four Hertz. Well, what's really interesting about that is that our solar system, what we experience is space, is between 1.5 and 1.8 hertz. So when we are slowing down the most, we are resonating with the space around our planet. And when we pick up the pace, we're resonating closer to the frequency of the sun because as soon as we get into the gamma state, now we're over 35 hertz. We're actually getting farther and farther and farther away from the resonance itself. We're boosting our own frequency at that point. And to me, that just makes sense that we're going more towards what the sun is symbolizing in terms of that sheer potential frequency that you were talking about earlier. So that makes me wonder if, because uh, in dreams, it's almost like we have access to more of reality. And then when we're awake, it's like we're limited by perception. So when we're asleep, you know, you can dream and you can, if, if you're aware you know, you have a lucid dream or something, you can kind of access the, the, the ends of your mind, the limitlessness of your mind. And if that's not directly tied into, or at least related to the frequency at which we're 
or vibrating. And then, you know, as we wake up and we come back to, you know, most of us exist believing the perception of division to be the truth, that perception limits us. And it's the same frequency of the physicality of the earth, that perception of this being, you know, this right now being real life and then a dream not being. So it makes me wonder, you know, as you get into the meditative state that drops, you have more, you know, quote unquote, more access to your imagination. You know, all of a sudden you're back into having less limitations once that happens. So if we can experience one while in the other, could it not unlock different capacities? And is that not, because I've been thinking about this a lot, how it's it's just deepening into where you're at here and now. And I've talked a few times and maybe an episode or two ago about the internal versus external, you know, experience that we're having and the impacts of the the connection externally that we can perceive but also the internal connection that's always happening if through you know settling into where we're at if that frequency almost doesn't if it if it drops a bit into what's closer to the the solar system or the universe's frequency that kind of drops that perception of division a bit in order to kind of have access to our capabilities, to that potential that that we have when we're not so caught up in the quote unquote higher frequencies, you know, like uh beta alpha, beta very much like very attentive, involved, you're you're trying to figure out a problem and a lot of times that's caught up in you know your own perception as you get to those you know, quote unquote higher frequencies but as you relax that drops as you relax the limitations decrease as you relax the potential increases similar to the way it is in a dream absolutely and that's going on the one end of the spectrum towards the dream. And as we've talked about, like there's the side of insight and then there's the side of application. The side of insight is very relaxed, very reflective. The side of application is on the fucking ball all the time. And so I find that very interesting because that's gamma. Gamma state is that heightened awareness state where you're raising your, your frequency more and more, right? And so it's interesting because there is a relationship between the place that you get into deep sleep and what you can do in gamma state. And what I find very interesting about that is that when you are on psychedelics like DMT or psilocybin, alpha and beta drops and gamma and theta increase, which is super interesting, right? Because you're quite literally leaving the plane of the perception of the earth as a physical thing. And so you're changing your vibration, which goes back to the question of how much are you changing your relationship with the earth in terms of vibration, in terms of your alignment with it which is super interesting. And, and so this kind of goes back towards the conversation about the third eye, right? Because what's interesting is that your third eye, in terms of the official story, is basically there to, and I find this kind of funny, be aware of the light cycle 
that you're experiencing. So it can balance your circadian rhythms. But when you look at some reptiles, their third eye actually is an eye with a cornea and a lens, right? So it's aware of the environment to some degree. Like our third eye is, a, is aware of the light around you. Think about that. This is actually officially recognized by science that our third eye is aware of light. And it is using that to balance out what we experience from day to day in terms of regulation and whatnot. Well, if it's aware of light, what else is it aware of? So children, when they're very young, I don't know if you know this, children actually hear a greater range of frequency than adults do. And it's because they're so much more sensitive. But as they get older, they start to lose that ability. That frequency range will actually decrease. So we know we're more sensitive when we start out. Well, does that include our third eye? Because if our third eye is aware of the light, it's certainly aware of vibration. And if you go and you look at, um, there was a book called The Spirit Molecule that came out in 2005, I think it was. Anyway, they were looking at uh, the role of DMT, which is very close to psilocybin in a lot of ways. Um, and the fact that DMT is something that the body naturally creates, that, that there is actually a secretion of DMT in the third eye of some animals. This is something that they've measured, though they've never measured it in humans. But the author of this book was actually saying that our pineal gland up until a certain point secretes DMT, actually puts it into our brain. Well, how much of that is based maybe on the need for it to do so on the vibration that it's experiencing? And as we lower our vibration, we get farther into alpha and beta, more into the human perspective. Perhaps that's why we slow down to serotonin. Perhaps that's why we slow down our intelligence and the, and the pineal gland stops functioning to the same degree that it was prior to five years old. So with the, uh, with the third eye discussion then, and the, cause is the pineal gland considered like the third eye? Okay. So it makes me wonder if reptiles, you know, are basically a lot of them prehistoric creatures like they haven't evolved to the same degree that humans have you know like they've been they're very similar to how they were millions of years ago whereas humans have you know for quote unquote progressed and it makes me wonder if you know back a bit ago the pineal gland wasn't an eye no differently than the reptilian, how it's actually an eye and they're able to perceive things. And so over time, it's just, it's been reduced almost to just being what it is now. And as much as we think we've progressed, we've progressed into these sorts of frequencies, be it beta and alpha primarily existing within that have almost because our priority, our focus has been on our identity, our idea of ourselves. That's been the primary focus. We have almost gone in the other direction of you know, the, the pineal gland being reduced in a sense. So we've become less and less sensitive over time. And we even see it within our lifetimes that we become less and less sensitive. Like that's a crazy evolutionary component that you would think would take so long. And yet we transition from that state as children to teenagers within a matter of a few years, that shift happens from that 
perspective. It's so quick because probably because we are so powerful and our mind is so powerful and we take this perception to be so true. And because everything going on in our society is reinforcing that, it almost accelerates us away from that experience. And our brain does everything it can to you know, find certainty and take us out of that experience of potential because we just settle upon so many different certainties. And so with the pineal gland recognizing light, if that's just a, almost like a, makes you wonder if that's almost just like a shell of what it once was. And if, if reptiles are able to recognize, you know, and experience so much more through that, if that wasn't once possible for us and over time, similar in almost in accordance with how seriously we've taken our idea of ourselves and the perception of division, if that hasn't correlated with the demise of the pineal gland third eye. I think that that is a very good question. I think another consideration might be as we progressed or as we evolved into greater and greater complexity, the brain more or less formed around our third eye. And I think largely because our awareness grew, like I think there's a lot of symbolism in relation to where this, the third eye sits in terms of the two hemispheres of our brain. Like the third eye actually exists in the epithalamus, which is right between the two hemispheres of your brain. It's quite literally in the middle of the duality for you. That, that's where your third eye sits, is between your two hemispheres, between the right brain and the left, between the two different ways that you can interpret yourself and the universe. I think that, that that's incredibly telling in terms of our relationship, because that's how it feels, doesn't it? When you're thinking about inside your mind, it feels like you're in the middle of the entirety of duality. Well, your third eye just happens to be having that actual physical experience, which is really, really cool. But that said, it's not necessarily that we're not using it as much, but we're using it for something else entirely. We're using it now as a point of sensitivity for the increased electrical functioning of our brain. There's more vibration happening within our body. Our, our whole body vibrates on a cellular level between like three and 17 hertz all the time. All the time. So we are quite literally vibration, right? So it's not necessarily that the pineal gland isn't being used to the capacity that used to be used, but it's definitely being used differently by this body. It's certainly changing the nature of what we do. And this is why a lot of people consider the pineal gland to be like the seed of the soul, where your awareness is basically coming through into the body. And what's really interesting is if you were to take a human skull and cut it straight down the middle from the nose backwards, and then look at that half cross section and you saw the pineal gland it actually bears a striking a striking resemblance to the eye of Ra, the largest of the egyptian gods or rather the most powerful of the egyptian gods literally the sun it was the sun god so now this has me wondering as you mentioned how the the function of our pineal gland is shifted if it's you know if we're so powerful, you know, so limitless that we're able to perceive limitations that rather than seeing ourselves as everything, like potentially humans were closer to doing at one point, you know, all of the 
vibrations. It was almost more fluid. The, the vibrations, the perceptions and, and everything we saw ourselves very much as an aspect in reality, like as opposed to something separate from reality. If, if all of the vibrations have kind of directly mapped with how we perceive ourselves. And so it's like our capabilities have just been so limited. And now everything's kind of like boxed into this, where we perceive ourselves to end within our skin, within our body, because that's all we perceive ourselves to be. And so I'm almost like the imagery I'm getting is as we perceived ourselves to be everything, it's like the vibrations that we embodied, the capabilities that we had, be it something like uh, telekinesis or telepathy or any of those things, because there wasn't so much of a barrier of me, the influences that we had were on all of reality because that's how we saw ourselves. And that was what we utilized such a powerful tool as the pineal gland or the third eye to do. And now it's almost just we're so internalized existing in our minds that that's where it's become focused. And if it's not a direct correlation to how we perceive ourselves, that those shifts have happened. Well, and it's really interesting because up until, again, the age of five years old, we are learning so much faster than we are for the rest of our life. And it's because largely we learn to think differently. We, we've talked about this previously. We start to become more logical. We start to become more conceptual basically. And so we have to think differently and it changes our relationship with the world. It changes possibly the world that we actually experience. And so there was a study I was talking about earlier. Uh, it was done by Laurentian University in 2016. And basically what they did was they took 184 people and over three and a half years and 238 measurements, they tested the vibration or the frequency of their mentality of their mind versus the current vibration of the Schumann resonance of the planet. And what they found was that there was a stunning correlation that the two were in fact, absolutely affecting one another. Okay. But the question was, and they left it at this is the Schumann resonance affecting us or are we changing the Schumann resonance collectively? And that's really the question, isn't it? So, as we let go of our idea of ourselves, as we go back to being closer to being children, as we change the frequency that we are at, that we are operating from, as we maybe tap more into the pineal gland that we currently don't even pay attention to because we're too busy with the world externally, does our relationship with the universe change? Does the world in fact go up in terms of frequency? Does the planet does the Schumann resonance change as we collectively recognize we're one? And if so, does the world become more dreamlike in itself? Because it's got to be both and neither, most likely, right? If Because if, if it's it impacting us, us impacting it, there's no division between the two. We are it, it is, it is us. And so it's a, it's a constantly flowing thing, but makes you wonder if you know, as powerful as we are, as I've said so many times in this episode, that we're able to limit the, the impact or we almost, or not even that, if it's, if it's that we have always been impacting it, 
whether we perceive ourselves to or not, like there's a constant flow, you know, in quote unquote, in and out of us, that is the frequency of reality of, of the earth, of all of it. Like it's all impacting itself. And so going back to, you know, the only thing you ever have to do to change the world is change yourself. You're always impacting that frequency. So the one which you are experiencing, you know, how, how limited you perceive yourself to be is the frequency that you're giving off, but you're also you know, experiencing the environmental frequency as well. But you're equally as powerful as the environmental frequency. We just perceive ourselves to not be, especially when we get caught up in thinking about, oh, you know, all of these people, it's all, it's all their fault. And you just diminish your own perception of yourself and the experience that and the capabilities that you have to impact everything because you always have been. It's just that you've been perceiving yourself to not be able to, but you've always been, and it's always been a constant back and forth. And as you think you need to change the world and the rest of the world has to change, if the frequency you're giving out isn't dropping that through that desire, for it to change. And so in order to have any impact, any impact that you actually want to have, be it, you know, reception of a positive impact, you have to drop that desire for it to change because that's what you're giving out. You're not giving out the the actions that you take, the words that you say. You're you're giving out the frequency at which you're vibrating always. So the question really becomes what's the range that we have access to. And I I say that because we went through all the different ranges. So we know that, you know, deep sleep is below four hertz. We know that uh, theta is four, four to eight hertz. Alpha is eight to 13. Beta is 13 to 35. But then gamma is a whopping 35 to 140. Like the range on our gamma frequency is huge. It's huge. And that's just what we've been experimenting with right now. So there is a whole experience in terms of frequency. And this is why they say in the gamma range, you are at a, you are in a state of heightened awareness, right? Well, we know from experiences in heightened awareness that things get weird and symbolic and trippy. And so how far does that go? How much can we vibrate in ourselves? And does that change our ability to align with and manipulate the vibration around us. And if that is the case, and this is all about vibration, then that gets rather exciting because vibration can be used for a lot of things, you know, like for example, uh, ultrasonic levitation. In a frequency over 20 kilohertz, you can levitate an object using ultrasonic vibration. So if that's the case using sound, Sound is just another form of vibration. What if there are other forms of vibration that we just lack the sensitivity or the mentality to access because we're so busy down in the lower states? Worth exploring. And again, I can hear one of our community members screaming, the pyramids. It makes me wonder too, because with the, uh... yeah, I mean, that's fucking, <laughs> that's fucking exciting. And even with uh, the Hertz, you just, explained what what was it what were the numbers again 
So the lowest is between like 0.5 and 4 hertz. That's deep sleep. And then there's 4 to 8 hertz, which is the theta or meditation state. There's alpha, which is 8 to 13 hertz. So it's a range of 5. And then beta, which is 13 to 35. So it's a larger range. But then gamma is 35 to 140. So that makes me wonder just, and I don't know if, if this has anything to it, but with ages, like how correlated those may be and even with the measurements because you know we, we people have even said you know delta is very much early childhood theta is you know delta zero to five ish theta five to ten ish and then alpha and beta are kind of usually what we just are in for the rest of our life because we settle upon the perception of division as truth and it's like that perception is those frequencies are the the ends of that perception you have to be willing to let go of that perception that goddamned identity in order to go beyond that in order to experience gamma and anything beyond that that you know maybe it, it was seen to be and I'm, I'm this could be just totally out there like once you hit you know once you got to 35 it's like you started to transition into that and if way back you know that say people did hypothetically you know, going on a tangent if people lived to 140 it's kind of like you did certain work for the tribe until 35 you utilized those states where you were able to really dig into to things and then you know once you hit 35 that's kind of you know people will say your athletic peak is right around 28 to 30 drops after that and then you know drops more after you know mid 30s 40s and uh if that's not when there was enough in that age group that then you know the the elders were able to primarily experience that sort of gamma higher consciousness and work on the things that were more cerebral or even the less physical work and the more able to impact reality in a in a different sense i don't know i just see some some symbolism in in there when you were reading off the hertz i was like that sounds kind of similar to the ages that we primarily experience those so i don't know maybe <laughs> i would agree absolutely because again like our elders had a different perspective of intelligence back in the day like we we had a different perspective of intelligence we didn't look at it the same way that we do now and we were talking about this in our patreon group in terms of we consider ourselves to be so very intelligent because we use concepts, but concepts aren't what got us out of the jungle. Concepts aren't what separated us from the rest of the animals. It was raw intelligence and problem solving form that led us to what we've become now. It's just that now we have the ability to conceptualize. Now we have the ability to, to use language and all of that. And we got stuck there, forgetting that that is not necessarily indicative of intelligence so much as a tool that certain levels of intelligence can use. And so I think the same is very true for our different states of mind and our different frequencies. I think that, again, deep sleep is one end of the spectrum where really you're just in rest state. You are being the universe. And then you have the other end of the spectrum, which is this increase in awareness, this increase in intelligence, this increase in potential and fluidity. But I think for anybody who gets there while still being egotistical, it almost gets lost in productivity, in problem solving, rather than self-reflection, because after a certain point, you would stop or you'd have to question yourself. 
It's the problem with heightened awareness is that it, ine it inevitably leads you to self-honesty, which is the dissolution of the ego. So I think collectively, we're just dipping our toe in that end to a large degree that it's still being hindered by our collective determination to identify and separate and divide. And because of that, there's not enough of our collective brain operating in gamma state for us for us to actually do anything with it. It's like we have a few neurons that are like vibrating in gamma and the rest are in alpha and beta. And it's just a matter of getting the brain to sync up, which is just to go back into this quickly, where binaural beats uh, actually can help on an individual level. If this is not something that you're familiar with in terms of the differences in how different frequencies feel, you can actually use binaural technology to help with that. And what's interesting is that it is using vibration. Basically, they're putting one frequency in one ear and another very close frequency in the other ear. And the hemispheres of your brain will basically try to find the middle frequency and they will sync up to that. And so you can use a frequency that's six hertz and another frequency that's eight hertz and your hemispheres will find that seven hertz frequency in between. And so using binaural beats, you can actually walk your way through the different mentalities, uh, theta, alpha, beta, and gamma. And this is something that the Gateway Experience by the Monroe Institute is actually based on. That is all binaural technology. It's not that they're walking you through just visualizations and exercises. They're also messing with the frequencies that your hemispheres are operating at while you're doing them. So while they're getting you to visualize a box that you're putting all of your worries and concerns in, they're putting you as close as they can to that heightened awareness state so it actually has more meaning and symbolism for you. So it's a very interesting tool. Yeah, and I've had a bit of experience going through a few of those and it's funny because people will put all of all of the weight similar to the way they do with psychedelics or any sort of mind-altering substance on that but it very much depends on your state of being as well as much as we feel like things are impacting us you know we go and do binaural beats we take some mushrooms or something like our mentality is equally as impactful as that. And that's why people have so many different experiences with the same, you know, perception of the same thing, you know, the same dose of mushrooms and someone could have a, you know, trip their balls off or not feel anything like it's because it always comes down to you. And even between mushrooms and weed, like I've had very, very similar experiences on the two because it's on me. A lot of that experience is on me. And so as much as with anything, you know, we get caught on things like, you know, the the universal frequency, the Earth's frequency, frequency of anything and how it's vibrating. Never, ever forget that you are that and you have just as much influence on that as it has on you. But the idea that it has more influence on you because you perceive division between the two will impact the influence that you have on all of it, or at least the types of vibrations that you emit through yourself, because you're always having influence on it. We're always, 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 always influencing our environment. Our environment is always influencing us. And as that perception of an environment and an individual you begin to drop, 
who's to say that influence doesn't pick up and isn't significantly more fluid than when you thought you were something separate from it. And that's it. It really does come down to responsibility all the time, because you'll see this in terms of social media and spirituality, people playing, uh, I think they're called Sovregio frequencies. Basically, they are frequencies that are higher octaves than the Schumann resonance. So they resonate with the Schumann resonance, as it were. And so they're supposed to affect your physiology and your mood and things like that. And so you'll hear a lot about that. Like, you just need to play this frequency and it will get rid of your anxiety. Just need to play this frequency and you will achieve wealth and that. And so it's really tempting to want to do that, thinking that you're gaining control not recognizing that you were immediately dropping your own frequency in your need for control. So do keep that in mind. Don't go searching for those frequencies. And if it is something that you feel you need a boost, that you are not feeling grounded, that your frequency is feeling off, I encourage you, go and hug a tree. Because trees operate, I think it's somewhere between like 10 and 240 hertz. So there's a vibration that you can work with. I like that. <laughs> if you're concerned about uh, where you're at, just go hug a tree. Connect with that. Connect with reality and recognize that there was never any division between the two anyway. And on that note, I think that we have done a bang up job on this community topics episode. Frequency, vibration, it's such a tricky conversation to get into without getting all spiritual and controlling about it. Because typically that's what we're doing when we're having this conversation. So we're trying to get to a specific end result. We're trying to control things. We're trying to pass the buck in so many ways. And so what we're doing in this conversation is really just trying to come back to the realization that it's all you and everything is operating in different frequencies that are expressions of different parts of you. As you know more about yourself, you'll be better able to tap into that. And as we know more about ourselves collectively as the collective individual, who knows what's possible? So thank you again so much for this suggestion this week. This was a lot of fun. If you have a suggestion for next week's community topics, do join us on Discord or vote on Patreon. We appreciate your support, as we said early on. Thank you. Bye, everyone.